0: And while you're there subscribe to us via your favorite network now sit back tune in and get ready to meet this week's guest
1: hello again everyone and welcome to another episode of the spotlight on speaking show with brett Ridgway. i am the aforementioned host and i'm excited to have as my guest today sean langwell sean is the immediate past president of the california writers club Redwood Riders, past president of Toastmasters of Petaluma, an inspirational speaker, and top producing media salesperson. He's the author of three books, Beyond Recovery, A Journey of Grace, Love, and Forgiveness, Ten Seconds of Boldness, The Essential Guide to Solving Problems and Building Self-Confidence, and Today's the Day, Inspiration, Encouragement, and Wisdom to Overcome Mental Blocks and Live a Happier, More Productive, and Fulfilling Life One Day at a Time. Now that one's a mouthful. He is also a marketing expert, coach, consultant, and host of the Dare to Be Great, Dare to Be You podcast. His personal mission is to add value to people and businesses everywhere, more specifically to encourage, inspire, and help people become brave and confident enough to believe they can accomplish their dreams and goals. Welcome Sean Langwell to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Uh,
2: Thanks for having me, Brad. I appreciate it.
1: Well, I'm excited to get into a conversation with you, Sean, because you know most of the people I talk with on the program, honestly, I've known for 10, 15, 20 years or whatever. So you're a new face to me. So we get to explore whole new things and, and learn something more that I didn't know whatsoever. So the primary focus of the course of the show is about your speaking journey. So you're a speaker, an author, a consultant. You, you wear a number of hats. But let's hone in specifically on the speaking part of it initially, and that is – first question being how did you even get into speaking in the first place why did it did it were you forced into it were you drawn into it was it a goal to become a speaker what's the backstory man
2: Uh, i i'll try and get this down to less than three hours but the quick backstory (laughs) is as a teenager i um i came from a broken home and as a teenager i had these aspirations and there was this dude by the name of tony robbins who was a couple years older than me who came out on the scene and this old thing called this Columbia house record club that you could buy these CDs or tapes or music for a penny. And my my dad,
1: my dad worked for Columbia house.
2: Oh my goodness. Well, (laughs) talk about a marketing, uh, just gold mine. It was a great way to reach people out in the rural areas and get music into the hands of people who may not otherwise have record stores there. Long and short of it, I stumbled across some uh, big names in the speaking and world. At the time, it was Nightingale Conant, Mm -hmm. um, Earl Nightingale with his deep resonant voice. There was another dude by the name of Dr. Wayne Dyer, who I'm sure many people who are in the speaking circuit know him, Mm -hmm. Brian Tracy, and so on and so on. And I fell in love with the inspiration and motivation because I was a broken teenager and had these aspirations. And Ever since that time, I've had aspirations of wanting to be a public speaker and a teacher from stage. And I am in the throes of doing that as we speak.
1: So what tell me about the first time on stage? Is that within the last five years? Are we going back 10 years?
2: First time on stage is actually going back probably about uh, God, 10, 20, 25 years longer no 20 26 years oh and damn you're old man yeah so <laughs> that very first time I was scared spitless I was uh newly sober in in a program called Alcoholics Anonymous and I was asked by my sponsor at the time to do the talk for a, a group that meets on weekly basis in front of 400 people and I had never been on stage before mm-hmm. so I literally was thrown out of the frying pan into the fire and had a chance to tell my story in 20 minutes or less. And um, I don't remember much of anything other than um, being a little scared. But one thing he told me before I went up there that I'm sure you and your guests and other speakers will take heart is to not just get out there and talk from the head to drop down to a place of coming from the heart and connecting to the audience. And that's really where I saw that reciprocity happen in that moment was the words that I was talking about, which is my own personal story um, connected with the audience and people were leaning in and some people were brought to tears. And I said, this is, this is what I want to do. I just love it.
1: So fast forward from that first engagement, 26 years ago that you were thrown into now it's, I assume your speaking is wrapped around your business in some way or the work that you do on a a day-to-day basis. So how have you positioned yourself as a speaker now? What do you speak on and how do you get out there?
2: For for the most part, I'm still, I'm in the infancy stage of getting out there to be a paid speaker. I've given many, many talks on a free basis for uh, local chambers of commerce for um my my writing club which you spoke at redwood writers um, i was the mc for the uh, sonoma county writers conference in 2020 and i'll be that again for this uh upcoming conference in 2024 and then um just in work you know i have to do client meetings on a regular basis and part of that albeit small and more intimate i have to be prepared and i have to know exactly what it is that i want to present and it's not all about as a salesperson showing up and throwing up. And that's important for speakers in general, where we come in as experts in a particular field. And it isn't about us putting ourselves in the center of the room. It's about communicating and imparting information that may be helpful to those who are in attendance, whether they are there by choice or as part of something else. And that to me is the core of what really excites me of Seeing that opportunity to convey a message, and then watching the the, the connection and the lights go on, on a more um, a a more consistent basis, I am I am asked to speak for uh, Alcoholics Anonymous in many different levels. One is for outreach to the community that is not part of the program, um, in DUI classes. I've spoken in person at two local high schools here. And those are opportunities where I get to be in front of people and feel what's going on. And, and in the case of the high schools, there are freshmen who are dealing with a whole lot of teen issues that I can relate to in my own recovery journey. And whether they're addicted or not, there are natural hormonal and emotional challenges for teens. And and when I did that last year, actually, I've done it for two years now, it, it lit a fire under me that. I have a message to share, whether it's on recovery or about inspiring other people to be bold and to take a chance on themselves. And that's really what I'm all about today. And it doesn't have to be just be recovery or business. So there is not one specific niche right now. The niche, if anything, is about having conversations with people to inspire and encourage them to step up and be bold and brave enough to have the confidence to do what it is that they want to do for their own lives.
1: So when you do a speech, Sean, how do you know, how do you measure the success of that speech? How do you know if the message really hit home?
2: The easiest way is if it's an emotional topic, I see people, I see the emotional response. Um, I, I see the feedback, whether it's emotion of, of, you know, overcome with joy or tears or smiles, whatever that message and the parts of the message are. And then more importantly in an in-person basis is people coming up and said, wow, what you said really affected me. Um, I like what you had to say. I want to learn more. And, um, it's just, it's kind of how I carry myself. I don't put a whole lot in terms of the metrics of what I'm doing. Cause right now I don't have something to sell in the back of the room. Cause I'm not there yet, but I read your book. And I think that that's a simple direction of great. Here's what I'm doing. How can I help you do something that's along the lines of your own, per- your own dreams and goals? So does that answer your question?
1: Yeah, I appreciate the answer very much. And I appreciate what you're doing to try to help others, certainly. So as you prep for a speech, is each speech customized in any way for your audience? I mean, how do you determine if you are fitting as best as possible, what message you're thinking about with what their audience needs really are?
2: Well, in the case of, uh, of the sales, because I do that most frequently, it's not about the speech per se, because there is not a speech. It's about a conversation. It's about asking questions and asking questions with a sincere desire and interest to actually help those who I am having the conversation with. And that translates into an auditorium or a stage as easily as it would just a one-on-one across a conference room table. That opportunity to lower my walls and not come from a place of being here to show somebody else what needs to be done, but to actually invite them into the conversation and have a real conversation about what it is that they're trying to accomplish And then to provide the solution. So the structure in a sales uh, environment is I know what products and services I have that can help a client, but it's really predicated on what it is that they're trying to accomplish and timelines and what their budget is before I even get into that that opportunity to present a solution to them. In the recovery sense, it's easy. There's a turnkey system that's real, real simple. Uh, almost every talk in a 12-step program has a, th- a basic framework that's easy to remember. It's, you know, we're there to share our experience, strength, and hope. And what we're going to do is talk about what it was like being out there, what happened, what was the change, and what it's like now. And that simple three-step process could really be translated into virtually any speech or topic, sure. if, if sure. you think
1: about it. So between the speeches that you've given and the many speeches I'm sure that you've witnessed, in your opinion, Sean, what would be the three, let's just say biggest tips you would give to an aspiring speaker to truly have the impact that they want to have?
2: Connect with your audience, whatever that is.
1: And and what I mean by that is,
2: if before you give a talk, what, what Brett's alluding to here, you need to know who the heck it is you're talking to. If you don't know, A, who the audience is, and B, why they're there, and C, what it is that you're trying to either get them to want to learn, to feel, or action to take, those three basics that are marketing 101, you need to have that stuff figured out before you show up. And if you have that, um, the speech and, and the actual that will be the framework for the speech, but how you deliver it and what you engage how you engage and communicate that information to the audience. It's not just a one way um, a speech is not a one-way communication. A speech is in an interactive conversation. Whether the audience is responding verbally or not, you're looking for signs and cues from nonverbal communication as to whether or not your message is reaching the audience with the intent that you had walking into it that is in alignment with what their intent is of being there. And if that happens, you're going to know. You will know over time whether or not your your message is falling on deaf ears or if people are engaged. And the simple cues are obviously people's eyes being wider open, smiles, leaning forward at certain points, and, you know, The other subtleties and nuances of giving presentations have to do with body, body posture, eye contact, pace, slowing it down, using the stage as also part of your topic to communicate something that is moving from point A to point B. There's, there's just tons of different things that you can do. But at the end of the day, the number one thing that you want to do is you want People are never going to remember whatever the hell you say to them. And this is true in anything, whether you're writing or talking or doing a podcast or doing a television show, people want to know how you made them feel. And if you missed the the emotional part of this, you're missing the entire equation of any type of a speech, whether it's business or otherwise because the business in a business transaction, you want them to feel excited about the opportunity that you actually have a viable solution that is going to help them meet their goals. In a personal growth setting, you want that audience to feel excited about the future opportunity and be inspired and believe in themselves that they can actually do the stuff that you're talking about. If there's a disconnect there, you need to be able to address that on the fly when you're in stage and on stage and help them transition and, and even float those out as potential objections or obstacles so that you take them off the table. When all of the objections and resistance to what it is about speaking or moving forward or having courage are removed, all you are left with is this raw human being who has dreams and goals and ambitions and needs somebody to take them by the hand and say, I am here to help you. And that is what I am all about.
1: Well, awesome. So I have a couple other questions I want to ask you, Sean. But before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
0: Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran, Brett Ridgway, has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgway.com forward slash freebie.
1: And we are back with the Spotlight on a Speaking Show, and my guest this episode is Sean Langwell. So, Sean, my favorite question I always ask my guest is... All right, it's time to bear your soul a little bit here and maybe share a mistake you made in your speaking career that was embarrassing at the time, but a valuable lesson was learned, and it'd be something you would highly advise aspiring speakers not to do.
2: Hmm. Well, two things come to mind, and I remember to do it before I jumped on this podcast. I'm, you know, I've got an addictive personality. I smoked for 20 years and I stopped smoking, but I still chew Nicorette gum just like I was smoking. And I have to remember to take that gum out of my mouth when I'm going to be on camera because chewing gum and trying to give a speech is distracting. And it was, it cost me, um, winning a regional uh, opportunity at our, at our local Toastmasters. I was great as an evaluator, but when it came to speech, I got knocked down and I won't ever do that again. So, um, that and staying on topic, um, That goes back to what we were talking about before the break of understanding our audience and our purpose and intention of being there, which further goes down to understanding what it is that we really want to impart to an audience. What do we want them to think, do, act, or feel? And when I understand that and I stay focused on what that purpose is for any particular topic or talk, then I am more apt to be able to stay in a zone and not wander i have a tendency to go off uh, on the rails because it's just my mind goes much faster than my lips do sometimes and i my lips start following where my mind goes and it's hard to come back to center (laughs) case in point i was asked to do um i went through a leadership program at a local chamber of commerce and i was uh, in awe of some of the speakers that they had come in and i was really I, I wanted my opportunity to be able to be one of those presenters and that opportunity presented itself. I accepted it. I had numerous conversations with the director of what the topic would be about and how I was going to go about handling it. And there was a disconnect. Um, and this is, uh, part of communication one-on-one. If you are a, a, a planner, um, for having speakers, you need to make sure that everybody's on the same board because, What she had said to me and what actually she wanted were not exactly the same thing. What she wanted me to do was give just a pitch on my book. And I didn't understand that she didn't want me necessarily to go into some of the content in 10 Seconds of (laughs) Boldness. Well, in the course of sharing snippets of that content, I went off a rabbit trail because it was germane to the point that I was trying to make at the time. And I started to share something that was intimate for um a business setting of people i didn't know and i went down a rabbit trail of sharing some personal stuff of my recovery journey it fit the topic it was on point in my mind and there were several people that came up to me and thanked me profusely but it was also triggering and offensive to other people so the the key lesson that i learned in this is to understand the context of what it is that i'm being asked to do and to not hold back, but to be mindful of the the breadth and depth of folks that are in the audience and what the primary intent is of what talk I'm giving and to stay as close to um, the task at hand of whatever it is that I'm being asked to speak about. Um, if I'm self-generating this, I have to the carte blanche to go wherever I want. But when somebody's inviting me to be a part of something and present that communication needs to be lockstep. So there's two lessons there. One hundred percent clarity up front of what the expectations are from the producer and, or the speaker, me, and B staying on task and on point and being mindful of not um, upsetting other people because you run the risk of, if you go too far off topic, People aren't going to hear anything you said if they become obsessed about what it is that they didn't want to hear, if that makes sense.
1: Makes sense. So you've written three books, Sean. How have you leveraged or how do you plan to leverage those books to help you in your speaking career?
2: It's a great question. Um, 10 Seconds of Boldness, which I published in August of 2022, was really written as a, a, a mash of three decades of experience in recovery and three decades plus experience in the business world and how to integrate those into a method of inspiration and personal growth and development and transformation that can be taught to people regardless of their background or their um, their skill levels. So I wrote it intentionally. I put probably way more information and content in there, distilling basically three decades of experience, strength, and hope into a 400-page book. But I wrote it with the intent of being able to break that apart into separate topics that I can talk about. Case in point, one of the easiest ones that I'll probably start launching in in early 2024 is this simple concept of a bridge, bridging a gap. I mean, we, we've all heard these concepts of you're here, you're... And then Somewhere you want to be is over here in terms of a goal set or setting goals. And how do we go about moving from where we are to where we want to be? Well, part of that transition is not necessarily the bridge itself. The bridge is part of the process and a big part of the process, but it's a a subtle shift of a mind mindset that it isn't all about the destination. It's not about dissatisfaction with where we're at 100% and that we're going to suddenly be happy when we get on the other side of the bridge. That's part of the fallacy of most goal-setting programs and most personal human development. It's not a destination. So part of this coursework that I'm going to be rolling out is focusing and helping people learn to focus that It's a progression. It is part of the process of taking a step across that bridge. That is where success is found. Success is not a destination on the other side of the bridge. Success is found in each progressive step. And this is quoting Earl Nightingale. Success is a progressive realization of a worthy dream or goal or ideal. So that progression is where people mess up. They think that if this, then that, which is absolutely BS the progress and success of most people happens in successive steps forward, habit stacking as James Cleary talks about it in Atomic Habits. It's, it's a progressive realization of a worthy dream or goal, which only happens when you have the courage to take a step forward, regardless of knowing what the outcome is. And that's it in a, in a nutshell. So There's a lot there. I could probably talk on that for, you know, a four to six week course. So I'm still grappling with how I want to scale this down into a a manageable entry point that people would be interested in. But I think that there's a lot of challenge with people being impatient and wanting everything yesterday. And we're in a microwave culture. And and you've talked about this in your book too, Brett, you know, you've been in the back of the room for dozens of years watching speakers from stage and the light went on and you figured it out that, okay, there's a method to this and how can I incorporate that into my own career and talk about it and teach about it and train about it? And that's kind of the same path that I'm doing with my own experience.
1: So Sean, how do people get involved in your world if they so choose?
2: The easiest way is to look me up on my my website, which is seanlangwell.com. Everything and anything that I have going on, I try to keep that as up-to-date as possible. Um, I do have a podcast that I just launched uh two and a half, three weeks ago.
1: Congratulations. Oh,
2: Congratulations. Yeah, three weeks ago. It's by invitation only, but if you fit the bill of somebody who is in the business world or professional speaking world, and you would be considered great by your peers or others, and more importantly, you have this centered personality that understands who you are and where you want to go. That's the title of the show. It's dare to be great, dare to be you. And the guests that I have on the show are open and honest and willing to talk about some of the same things that you asked me here, Brett, of, you know, what are some of the difficulties? What are some of the challenges? How did you overcome them? And under underlying all of this is a message of, what do you want to share with others so that they can follow in a similar path or follow their own path from the words that you're talking about? So as we
1: as we wind her down today, Sean, any, any final words of wisdom for the aspiring speaker?
2: I end almost every show with this and guest appearance with the same thing, Brett. And it comes back to my primary purpose. My purpose on this planet is what I, after spending some 10 weeks in coaching it's to be a merchant of hope and to that end the way i enact that purpose is to love and inspire people to believe in themselves wherever they are and whatever they do it doesn't matter if it's in a business sense or if i've got a a vested interest in a reciprocal relationship there and if i stay true to that and i maintain a sense of gratitude which i encourage everybody else to do is to just be happy being you and understand that there's always another day that you can do a little bit better tomorrow than you did today. And that's what life's all about to me.
1: All right. Well, awesome message. So, Sean, I want to thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of the Spot Island Speaking Show. I sincerely appreciate it. For everybody listening out there or watching, thank you for joining us today. If you haven't been over to com, by all means, hop on over there and get the special report, Three Key Things entrepreneurs. Must master to build a profitable speaking business. But until the next next episode, as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may 2023 and 2024 and beyond be your greatest years yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week... Thank you for tuning in and remember to visit our website at SpotlightOnSpeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight On Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.